What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Your Story Matters, the podcast. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode with our very special guest, Mayor Jeff Reese. Jeff Reese is the mayor of Villarica. You're going to hear all about that within this episode. I thought this would be a very interesting guest because he has a very interesting perspective. You're going to hear me say that word a whole lot throughout this episode, and that's because I genuinely am interested in his perspective, and I think you will be too. It's a really fun episode. Uh, you get to learn a lot about what he sees and the things that he has to deal with. And uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed uh, getting to interview him. Such a nice guy. Really kind. He came in and, and we had a great time hanging out and just talking on the podcast. So um, I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, please share it. Rate our show five stars if you really enjoy it. If you're on iTunes, I don't know if you can rate on Spotify. But um, if anything, share and rate the show five stars, and um, I hope you continue loving these episodes. But without any further ado, let's jump into the show. All right, welcome back to the YSM Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Williams. Today, I have a very interesting guest. I don't know about that. <laughs> he is the mayor of the very town I live in. Mayor Reese, Jeff Reese, is in the building right now. And he is here to share his story. I think he has a very interesting perspective. Uh, and we were just kind of talking about that. Very interesting perspective as a mayor of a town. Now, a lot of people say Villarica is a small town. I just consider it a medium-sized town that's growing. Mm-hmm. So you do have an interesting kind of uh, view on the world and people, obviously, in, in, your, in the world of politics or in the world of uh, just being over a town, you know, the, the uh-huh. kind of the main the face of the town, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I want you to kind of, before we get into all that, tell your story. Tell us about how you got to where you are today. Well, uh, I tell people this all the time. I was the mayor that almost didn't happen. Uh, I was supposed to be an aborted baby. And uh, so my mother uh, at the time was going to have an abortion back in Macon, Georgia. And um, my adoptive parents, my mother and her worked together at Piggly Wiggly. And, uh, so instead of having the abortion, they agreed to let uh, my adoptive parents adopt me. So they did. And uh, so my dad worked for uh, Warner Robins Air Force Base and uh, was transferred to Dobbins Air Force Base in Smyrna. And uh, so that's where I grew up, in Smyrna, which was a medium-sized town at the time. Mm-hmm. And a uh, very small uh, high school, Wills High School, graduated in 78. Uh, spent a little time at UGA. And uh, the pastor and I have a good time with that, of course. Right. And uh, so didn't spend a whole lot of time. And, and uh, so when I came back, uh, started working for the uh, Cobb County Parks and Recreation Department and uh, worked there for a better part of 17 years. And uh, so I couldn't pitch baseball. That's why I went to, to college and sort of did that. And so when I came back, I met a man that had a, a, lot, a big influence in my life, uh, Jim Miller. And uh, he went on to become the county manager. But anyway, he, he had a, a big influence in my life. And he was a great Christian man. And uh, so he taught me to be a, a, a better man. Uh, my dad, we were, I was raised up in the church, and uh, I, all I knew was, was going to church on Sunday and Wednesday, and every time the church doors were open, we were there, very involved in Sunday school. So church was always a part of my life. And uh, so lived in Smyrna for the better part of my adult life until uh, 2000, until 98. And uh, so in 1998, or prior to that, I went through a divorce, 
And uh, so I, I left with literally just the clothes on my back and just a little bit of things in my truck. And once again, uh, it seemed like my path w- was going to be uh, thwarted by a lot of things in my life, mostly me and mm-hmm. sin. And uh, so lived in a suburban lodge for about six months in, in um, Douglasville, and that was probably the low point of my life, really. Oh, wow. And uh, but it taught me a lot of things, and it taught me that uh, that even Christians make mistakes, and you know we're not above sin. And uh, so uh, I promised God that that if uh, if I ever made it back again, that I was going to turn my life around and never do that kind of thing again. So uh, I did, and I uh, went on to be the the assistant director of Parks and Recreation for Douglas County. Uh, I was also assistant director for Cobb County before I went to Douglas, and so in. Uh, when I moved here in 98, I had a small house, the same house I live in today, and a wonderful lady uh, who was an angel in my life, Hazel Roberts, uh, sold me the, the house. She did my taxes, and, and she was like a second mom to me. Mm. And uh, so she came to me one day, and she said, uh, this was in 2000, fall of 2000, and she said, <clears throat> she said, Tiny Cole, who was the director here for a lot of t- long time, had passed away with cancer. And uh, she said, why don't you put in for the director's job at the recreation department? And uh, so I said, I don't know, kind of like where I am in Douglas County. She said, oh, you'd do a great job. And uh, she said, talk to the people and, you know, go out and meet the recreation department employees. So I did. Fell in love with the the folks there. And uh, so I put in for the job and and, uh, became the director of Parks and Recreation in March of 2001. Mm. And uh, so I stayed there for uh, several years. And, uh, and then they bumped me up to the deputy city manager. Uh, so I was the deputy city manager of, of several departments, not just the recreation department. And uh, so just fell in love with the community. Villarica is a very special place. Yeah. And uh, coming from a small town like Smyrna was when I was a kid, uh, I was looking for a place like that. And, and God brought me to this place. And uh, so there, there's so many things that have happened in my life that just reaffirm every day that there is a God and uh, and that if you'll keep your eyes focused on Him, that even if you do bad things, you know, God still loves us. And uh, so met Kevin Williams. at, at uh, I was a member at First Baptist Church of uh, at uh, Douglasville and, uh, for several years. And uh, so when he moved out here, I thought, wow, what an opportunity. You know, now I was the mayor of Villarica. And uh, so we joined, my wife and I joined the church, and we've, we've loved it ever since. Wow. So that's, I didn't know all that. I didn't know about that, that come up that you've had to kind of deal with there. Uh, I didn't know about the abortion side of things or or any of that. So now you're, you've been the mayor for how long? Since 2014. Since 2014. Yep. So you, like I said at the top of the podcast, you've been, you've been the mayor and you have to deal with sort of an interesting perspective. Something that I I really wouldn't have to deal with. Because I, like when I see a problem, I, I just think, you know, if the train's blocking the intersection, I'm just going to go around, you know, find a different way. Right. But I'll see on social media, a lot of people will say, hey, you know, Mary, and you, you had said something earlier. What, what are you known as? Well, people call me the social media mayor. And uh, that comes, you know, the former city manager did a really good job of posting things on Facebook. Everything from the trains blocking the track to the roads are out because there's snow on them. And uh, so when he left... Uh, people are people said, well, who's our next? Who's going to keep us up to date on this? And so by default, that was all at about the same time when I became mayor, and uh, so I guess I became the social media mayor, 
And uh, so I, I pride myself on trying to be as transparent as I can to people. That was yeah. one thing I promised myself and God and the people that elected me is that I would be transparent. And uh, so I do post everything that I can think of on, on Facebook. And for the most part, uh, people will appreciate that. There are a few people that, that sort of make me second guess whether that's a good idea or not. But <laughs> I think for the most part, people appreciate when I post those things. I think so. I, I think we're in a climate now where people obviously appreciate openness online. Because mm-hmm. in a big part of what I do, you know, in ministry, I, I go to where they are. Where is everyone in 2019? They're on social media. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. And I, I can kind of get that perspective. We have to deal with sort of an interest because there are people that love to be led and people mm-hmm. that don't like to be led. That's exactly right. And I think uh, it's all about how you navigate it and how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. I'm sure you get tons of questions like this, but maybe people don't get to uh, hear it, you know, in, in a in a form such as a podcast. So one of the questions I want to ask you, what is, what is the weirdest thing you've had to deal with since being mayor of Villarica? Well, uh... The strangest question. Let me answer that one. That, that people don't believe me when I tell them this, but this actually happened. So I, my number's posted on my Facebook page. So a lady uh, messaged me on Facebook about ten o'clock one Saturday night. Uh, it's been a few months ago, and she said, uh, "I just wanted to let you know, as the mayor, that that I've been shopping all over the city and I can't find a dictionary." And uh, I said, "Well, I mean." you know, can you go to the library or maybe get on a website? And she was doing it for the right reason. She was doing it for a family that was, was, uh, didn't have the means to have a car for transportation, so they couldn't make it to the library. They had no Internet, so they couldn't get on the Internet. So she was looking for a, for a dictionary for a young child. My wife is a school teacher, so if you want to hit me between the eyes really quick, just, just say something about a child because I am very passionate about the youth of this community mm. and, and just youth in general. Same. Um, so... You know, we looked for the better part of an hour. We called every store that I could think of uh, from, from you know, five-and-dime stores. Boy, I'm dating myself when I say that. <laughs> to, to the Walmarts, to even the shop, uh, supermarkets. And lo and behold, there wasn't a store in Villarica that, that had a dictionary. And uh, so, you know, mayors aren't typically over the, the inventory in these stores. But, you know, I, I felt you know, moved enough that, that this lady was trying to do a good thing that I wanted to try to find that dictionary. So I guess that's the strangest request that I had. <laughs> the strangest thing that I've had to deal with, um, I don't know. It's It's been, you know, I try not to, to dwell on, on the bad things, I, I, you know. Well, not necessarily bad. Just something that was like, that was, you know, only a mayor would have to. To deal with something like this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I guess the the biggest thing that I really didn't expect was the infrastructure issues that we have here in the city and mm. having to deal with, with things that you can't see is what I call them. Oh. You know, the, the roads, people see potholes, you know, they see when the power lines are down, they see when the... You know the streets aren't taken care of and and that, but but we really have a big issue with infrastructure here, mainly water and sewer, and uh, so that's been the biggest surprise, I guess, and, and thing that we deal with every day. Yeah. So we, in fact, we've adopted sort of guess what? You know, guess what means? Oh, oh no, we found something else. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's it, it's always been an interest of mine. I've always said that. Uh, now my wife won't let me. But I've always said one day I'd like to run for mayor of, of a town, not no, not necessarily Villarica or, or or just one day. I'd like to see just to see if I could win. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do. I don't have any plans. Mm-hmm. But is it something when you when you're going in and you you make the decision? I'm I'm going to run for mayor. Obviously, you you have a plan in mind of what you'd like to see. Mm-hmm. So in in it's 2019. So let's you know roughly it's been about five years you've been the mayor. 
have you seen a lot of the the goals you wanted to reach be reached, or are you still in the process of reaching a lot of these goals? Still in the process, and, and I'll tell you this, Austin, you need to run for mayor. Okay, I tell <laughs> everybody, I tell everybody from age six on up. Uh, that they need to run for mayor, and I'll get into that story in, ju- in just a minute. But, but th- that's an interesting question about have I achieved all the goals? Because the one thing that I've noticed coming up working for thirty several seven years you know, as a, as an employee as a civil servant, mm-hmm. you know, I was known as the Mikey of Villarica at one time. I was the guy that that when the former mayor said or a council person said, "Hey, we've got a problem with this. Who's going to take care of it?" And they would say, "Well, just get Jeff to do it." And uh, so they would call me, and, and I would, you know, assemble my forces, and we'd go out and take care of the problem. Yeah. And uh, so being a mayor is completely different than that, in that I feel like, in, in the analogy that I, I give everybody is, I feel like a carpenter with no arms, because mm. I know how to do it, because I did it for so many, so many years. I know the solution to a lot of the problems, yeah. uh, especially the pothole problems and things that are, that are pretty common. The problem is I don't have a workforce. The mayor in Villarica is, uh, I don't even vote on the council. I run the meetings. I'm the face of the, the city, as you said earlier. I'm the person the media calls when something goes wrong or right. Uh, but but I, I have no authority to, to tell an employee, go do this or that. That's that's what the city manager does here in Villarica. So right. that is that frustrates me every single day that I see what needs to be done, but I really have no authority to make it happen. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, see, I, that's not something I would know. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Go ahead. There's different there's different types of governments, and, and we have a weak form, mayoral form of government here in Villarica, which means, like I said, that the mayor mayor only votes to break a tie, uh, and I run the meetings and, and do the ceremonial things. But as far as day-to-day operations, the city manager does that, and as far as votes, the city council does that. So, wow. But let me tell you why you need to get into politics. I'm going to tell you, if, if, if you've got a minute. I, you can well, do it. I, Go I ahead. I have got a minute. So, so this question, I'm, I'm asked this question all the time. So why did you get into politics? Why did you why did you become an elected official? Because that wasn't my career path. Uh, like I said, I worked 37 years as a civil servant on the other side, yeah. on the working side of it. And uh, so when I was uh, about, I was probably 11, 12 years old, we lived in Smyrna. My dad was from a rural uh, county in Georgia, and so was my mom. And so they wanted chickens. And we lived in the city limits of Smyrna, and we had chickens. At one time, we had a horse. We had ducks. And uh, so everything was good. You know, there was a lake behind the house, and anybody that knows me knows I love fishing. So every day when I got home, my chores were to, to take care of the chicken, to gather the eggs, and uh, and feed the horse. And then I would grab my fishing pole, and I'd go fishing. Mm. Well, my fishing hole became an apartment complex <laughs> when I was about 11 years old. And so the the, uh, the residents at the apartment complex uh, didn't like the chickens, and especially the roosters, because of the noise they made in the morning early. And uh, my dad got up with the roosters literally every morning. And wow. uh, he was a firefighter at Dobbins Air Force Base, like I said earlier. But um, So it came time that uh, the mayor came over to the house, Arthur Bacon, and he talked to my dad, and he said, we're going to have to, you're going to have to get rid of your, your chickens mr reese and i my dad couldn't understand it. i had a fifth grade education and uh so he said why, why do i have to get rid of my chickens they're not bothering anybody and he said well your neighbors in the back in the apartments don't like the roosters they don't like the way the chickens smell and uh so you you know you really are going to have to get rid of the chickens because the city ordinance says that you can't have chickens in the city unless it's approved by the council and so my dad said well what does that involve he said well you'll have to come to a council meeting and uh, you'll have to get up and plead your case, and you know the council will vote on whether you can keep your chickens and, and roosters. And uh, so, 
came time for the council meeting. My dad was really nervous about it. And I went with him more as a, just to see what that was all about because I really didn't understand at 11 years old how someone else, you know, an elected person, uh, could tell us that we couldn't have chickens. That just didn't seem fair to me as a child. And so I went to the city council meeting in Smyrna. And uh, so it came time, you know, they were talking about a lot of things that I really didn't understand. And I could tell my dad was really nervous. And uh, so when it came just just before time for us to get up and talk, uh, my dad leaned over to me and he said, son, I can't do this. He said, I, I just I, I can't get up and talk. You'll have to do it. And um, <clears throat> that was a defining moment in my life because I was terrified of public speaking. And uh, so I remember thinking, even as a child, that I wish that a big hole would open between me and the lectern or podium so that I could fall in it, because I didn't <laughs> want to speak either. Wow. Uh, but I really didn't, I didn't want to let my dad down. And, you know, I was really passionate about the, him having the chickens, because I knew, I knew what they meant to him. And uh, so I got up and introduced myself, and, and uh, the mayor was very kind to me, and the council listened to me, and they, they asked me questions rather than me have to lead the discussion. And uh, they said, uh, you know, son, why do, why do you want to keep your chickens? And I said, well, my dad really loves the chickens. And uh, why does he love the chickens? I said, well, he was raised on a farm, and uh, so he had chickens his whole life. I said, I love eating country eggs. There's a difference in those and the ones you buy in the store. Right. And, uh, and I love hearing the roosters, you know, crow. And, and he said, well, who feeds the chickens? And I said, I feed the chickens. And I went through the process of what my chores were, and I gather the eggs. And, and so I, I talked. I don't know, it seemed like two hours to me, but it probably was only 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And uh, so when I, when I finished, uh, two or three people in the crowd actually clapped, which made me feel pretty good for myself. And I yeah. went and sat down, and my dad thanked me for, for getting up and doing that. And I was still nervous. And, uh, but uh, so it went on, the discussion went on for a few more minutes. And so someone made a motion and it seconded it for us to keep the chickens. So we got a variance to keep our chickens. And it taught me something as an 11-year-old. It taught me many things. Uh, it taught me that, that uh, even a small child can get up and, and make a difference in city government and that, that adults listen. That was an important thing for an 11-year-old to hear, that adults listen. And also that if you believe strongly in something and you believe hard enough in something, then you should put enough effort into it to make, you know, to make it real. And uh, so yeah. I guess that was the defining moment in my life, and, and it taught me, like I said, it, you know, when I, when I grew older, I saw people that would complain about everything that went on in the city and the county and the state and the, and the federal government, yeah. but I didn't see people voting. Our, our voting, our, pre, our election at this type place a couple of days ago, the voter turnout was 10%. Wow. That means one person in 10 actually took the time to go out and vote for city councilman ward ward two that's that's bad that's mm-hmm. not good for our country yeah and uh, because one person shouldn't tell the other you know 90 percent 100 percent of the people shouldn't have to be ruled because one out of those 10 out of those 100 you know made the decision yeah. who their councilman was so uh but that you know so so i always sort of took the stance every time i'd say well you know i don't agree with and i think I need to do something about it. So I voted from the time I could vote. And uh, so as I got older, uh, when the time came for, for uh, Mayor Collins to, to uh, then become Representative Collins, he asked me if I would run for mayor. And uh, I agreed to run for mayor reluctantly, just like I did as an 11-year-old. Sure. Uh, but I was convinced. He, he, he said something to me, and, and, I, and I've told him since then that he probably hit me square between the eyes. He said, does anybody love Villarica more than you do? Wow. And I said, well, no. And he said, well, then why aren't you running? And it was almost like that moment when my dad said, son, I can't do this. 
And uh, so that that was a that was a big moment in my life. Wow, that's yeah. awesome! I didn't yeah. know that. So obviously that was more than just a because I was going to say that seems like it was a soft launch in your to your career, you know, begrudgingly or not, into becoming the mayor of Villarica. But it seems like it was a it was a full on launch from the age of eleven to it, where it you was. are now. Yeah, that's really impressive. Was. That's really cool. So now you've been the mayor for for. Around five years. Well, I said that I gave you the wrong date. I, I actually filled the unexpired term of Jay Collins, so my term is up this November. Oh, okay. so I think it, I said th- it's actually been three years. It'll three be three years. years this November. Okay, so you've been the mayor for three years, mm-hmm. and one of the other interesting sides of this. So when you get into this, uh, we can call it you know this game, this world that you're in, this world of politics, and in a town like Villarica. And I want to get back to what you said about what you like about Villarica, mm-hmm. but before we do that. Do you see now where uh, because you're in the position that you're in that you you people try to become your friend that maybe would not have to begin with? If you catch my meaning, a lot of people want to be close to the mayor. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, I, I, there are people that, that uh, you know, I, I wonder if the allegiance is because I'm the mayor because they like me as Jeff. But to be honest with you, I don't dwell on things like that, Austin, because mm. – um, you know, I pray many, many, many times th- throughout the day. And one of the things that uh, uh, pastors have told me in my, is that God gave me the gift of discernment. Mm. So I'm able to, to kind of weed out the, the people that are they're trying to mooch on me from the people that really care about me. Yeah. And I really don't dwell on the, on the, on the negative. I'm, just, I'm not a negative. My glass is always full or, or half awesome. full. It's not half empty. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. It reminds me of the story of the Samaritan where they say he was half dead. Exactly. It also means he was half alive. That's right. So that's it just exactly took right. someone walking over there. Yep. Oh, man. Well, that's great. So for three years, that's awesome. So you said that you like – I can't remember the adjective you used, but you you, you find Villarica to be a, a pretty great town. Why is that? What specifically about Villarica? Because let me just – if I can be very honest, and I, I, I'm very transparent on this, on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up in Douglasville, just like you, for the most part. And – I went to I went to Chapel Hill High School, like I, I was a Douglas Villian or whatever, and Villarica was just a town that I drove through mm-hmm. to get to Alabama, you know. Or I would pull into my grandparents lived in Rootville and Carrollton, so I would pull into you know Villarica and turn left and go all the way. So Villarica was just not a place that I wanted to 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 stay. Mm-hmm. Now one of my big things as uh, so I'm like I'm the director of the West Georgia Network of Student Pastors. So my big thing for that ministry and for this student ministry and for all of Villarica is I don't want West Georgia or Villarica in particular to be a town that people go through. I want it to be a place that people come to. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that starting to become more of a thing where Villarica is not a drive through town, but it's a stop and stay town? I have, yeah, really. And that's, that's the thing that drives me every single day. Uh, we're, we're trying to re-energize the downtown district, the old, the old part of Villarica, but to get to your the the base of your you know what attracted me to Villarica and what still attracts me to Villarica and it's the people here. Uh, when I grew up in Smyrna, everybody knew everybody, and uh, so if if something happened to you know the neighbor's child, then the, the other neighbors would would bring them home, and and that that's community to me. Yeah. And so when I moved to Villarica, and like you said, it's just funny you mentioned that because I bass fish and I tournament fish, and so every time I would go out I twenty. For some reason, Villarica was always the stop where I got gas at the Amico because I put Amico in my boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, wow, this is kind of a cute little city. I like it. It was small then. This yeah. was, we're talking prior to 1998. 
And uh, so even back then, I was attracted to Villarica, and, and, and uh, I didn't know I would one day live here, much less be the mayor here. Uh, but I still find that people know one another. Coming up in the recreation department, when you know people's kids uh, and you know their parents and, and you interact with them on, on a daily basis, uh, you you get to know what is real about a community. And, and a city is not walls and streets and buildings. Uh, it's people. Yeah. And, and when you get away from that, when a community gets away from that feeling, uh, then I think you lose your identity. Yeah. And so I strive very hard for us to maintain that identity. I designed and built uh, the amphitheater downtown. In I Bill did Rickon. not know that. I did. Uh, when I came here, there were two parks. And uh, so now there are seven parks, I think, in Villarica right now. And uh, so, and I designed and built most of those. And there were other people that were in the design process for, for the amphitheater. But, yeah. but we built it with M8 Labor primarily. And uh, so, but but I realized when we were talking about it, and, and people, uh, some of the people in this church were involved in in, in those committee committees. We had we had a sort of a grassroots amphitheater effort going on, and we saw that people were attracted to that. That people would bring their lawn chairs, and they would just drive up, and and they would listen to music in, a, in the little small part we call Prospector Park. And uh, so from that grew the concept is let's build a big amphitheater. Yeah. And uh, so we, we got the funding. Uh, again, members in this church, some of those went to the state and got funding to, to make that happen. And we got funding from the county and from just a lot of sources. And uh, so we made that happen. But it was it's a people place is what I call it. Mm. It's not an amphitheater. It's a people place. Because when I go and I, and I, and I see the events that go on there, I see, I see neighbors from all parts of Villarica and really from all of West Georgia yeah. that are coming to the amphitheater. So that, that's what attracts me to this day to this city. And I hope we never, you know, I, I'm not sure how long I'll be the mayor as long as the people want me to be. But I hope this city always remembers that the people is what, are what makes it special, not the not the roads or the, or the town or the yeah. buildings. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I, I've noticed that, too. I, I never had a desire to live in Villarica. Never. And, in fact, when I, I had moved to North Carolina for two years, and when they called me about coming to First Baptist Villarica, I was like, man, that's interesting. And I remember distinctly, and this is funny, so my wife grew up in Villarica went to high school in Villarica and went to church, first class of Villarica, right? So she's always known this town. I grew up in Douglasville. I lived in Carrollton, Bremen, Temple for about a year, mm-hmm. and now Villarica. So I've been able to see all of West Georgia at some capacity. And so Villarica has just always been the one I, I just never really, I never really cared to, to, to live in. And then when it happened, when the longer I've been here, the more I've, said the the people here are not what I thought as a teenager, you know, the people here are really nice. Mm-hmm. My first ever Sunday preaching uh, for, for big church, for the main sanctuary, I said, the thing about you people, and when I said you people, I meant all of us, right. is you, you people love to hug. And I've never been a hugger because <laughs> where I grew up, I mean, we don't, you don't touch each other, we just shake hands and move on, you know, but mm-hmm. people here hug. They do. They do. This is a huggy community. Yeah. And and man, if you if if they love you, they love you. They do. You know? Yeah. And so it's it's cool to see someone like you being able to be the face and kind of lead that because mm-hmm. you you have that that sort of vibe where you're very inviting and and you know, very sweet to people. And and I don't think it's and I can I can just I know firsthand, it's not a political thing. No. It's just very much who you are. And I think honestly, and I never get into but just you as a person you you have the embodiment of what I think Villarica 
has been or is becoming. Well, thank you. That, that's a, an honor for you to say that. And my wife jokes with me all the time because we'll be in Walmart and, uh, you know, I have face recognition, so people will re- realize who I am. But oh, yeah. I'm just Jeff. And, and I told you that when I came in. I'm just Jeff. I tell everybody that. And uh, I'm very grounded in my faith. And, and God has, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't believe Haldy is what God wants me to be. Yeah. And uh, so, so I'm just Jeff to everybody around me. And uh, so we'll be in Walmart, and people will say, "Hey, Mayor, how you doing?" And I'll just keep on walking. And one reason is because I'm almost deaf in my left ear. Okay. Uh, but the other reason is because I, I still, it's hard for me to believe that I'm the mayor of Villarica. Mm-hmm. Just coming from from the background that I did, I, I wasn't the person that was picked to be a you know, the elected official. When I go to my family, not family, my school reunions at high school, you know, they're like, are you really the mayor of a city? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I wasn't a bad kid. I get that for being a preacher, so I understand. <laughs> I wasn't a bad kid, but I just wasn't the person that would, you know, volunteer to get up and, and give an essay in a class. Yeah. And uh, so uh, it, it's still, but, but I think that's a good thing. I think that I'm, I'm always Jeff to whoever meets me. And uh, whether I'm bass fishing or, or speaking before, you know, talking to the legislature in Atlanta, uh, or, or talking to you now, I'm just I'm just the same person. Sure, that's awesome. Yeah. Let me ask you. Uh, let me ask you an interesting question. Just kind of funny. Just call, you know. Let's just see. I, I'm just interested. I'm curious in perspective. Do the mayors just have like a sort of hangout? Like the mayor? Like do y'all just like hang out? Go to like get Applebee's or something. Just you and a couple of mayors around. <laughs> we don't, and we sh- probably should. I'm, I'm really good friends with with every mayor in the in Carroll County, which is a good thing. Okay. And uh, mayor with, of course, like you know, coming from Douglas County, I still have friends in Douglas County in, in elected office, and coming from Cobb County. Believe it or not, Arthur Bacon, who was the mayor when all this happened when I was 11, his son Max Bacon was the mayor in v- Smyrna until just recently, mm. and uh, so. Uh, we don't have a place that we hang out per se. We do call one another, and I think that's a good thing yeah. that that I have that kind of communication uh, with the mayors and, and Carol. If 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 anyone, if the mayor of Wattsburg has a problem, or, or Temple, or, or uh, Carrollton, or any of the cities in, in the county, uh, we have the kind of communication that we can talk to one another. And and uh, if there's an emergency in another city in this county, we all jump to attention. Mm. And uh, Tim Paget, who works here. Uh, for Carroll County, he's, he's our fire chief now, uh, leads us in that effort. And uh, Marty Smith, who just recently left to go on to bigger and better things at the state level, uh, we we had quarterly meetings with all the mayors and all the city managers. And uh, I think what it did was it made us all realize that if something happened, God forbid, uh, that we would all be there for one another. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, yeah. And that's another form of community. That I, mm-hmm. That's a perspective that – because I know I, I try to get close with all the local – pastors and youth pastors mm-hmm. especially as the director of the network it's 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 helpful for me to know what the needs are or how i can help partner with somebody mm-hmm. so i know from in, in your end that's that's why i'm curious because i think i think that's a good thing that the communities around each other are connected absolutely and so i i think that's uh that's also interesting do you deal with a lot of similar issues i know that every place is different but are, are there a lot of issues that are very similar there are Mo- most Counties and states are dealing with the same infrastructure problems that we are. And uh, all the, the infrastructure was put in in the 30s and 40s and 50s. And, uh, and, and most of those pipes now are crumbling, and, and they were not designed for the capacity that, that they're being asked to, to provide. You know, the water and, and sewer lines are small. Yeah. And uh, so uh, and, and the growth that happened before the, the recession, the, the, the crash of the housing market, was really – 
it was a good thing because it built Villarica up. Uh, we went from a, a community of less than six thousand to over you know thirteen, fourteen thousand people. So that's a good thing. Uh, the bad thing is that it happens so quick that uh, that government tend to follow the the progress rather than lead it, and that's mm. not the way it should be. And that's another one of my pet peeves is is we have an opportunity right now because of that recession. And a lot of people, a lot of bad things happen. And I'm not saying it was a good thing. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that in Villarica's case, and probably in another in a lot of other communities, it gave us time to catch our breath. But mm. that's all it gave us. It gave us time to catch our breath so that we could prepare for more growth. Mm. Because the same thing that brought me to Villarica and brought you to Villarica is bringing people every single day. And those new people that are coming in, they need water and they need sewer and they need you know police services and, and parks and things like that. And if we don't prepare now as a mayor and council, then it won't happen and we'll forever lose that ability to be in front of it and i don't want to be the mayor that's remembered as the person that was was that was reactive i want to be proactive mm. and uh, so i we preach that every day yeah i do you, i have seen it's been a very interesting time for the west georgia area i mean even from douglasville and, and over to the west it, it seems like the infrastructure it seems like we're outgrowing the infrastructure mm-hmm. in in all of these counties because I mean, you just see tons of people. There's a lot of road work going on where they're trying to expand lanes and and add, you know, to the to the piping and and, and all that stuff. So, have you seen? I mean, what, what is it that is that is just getting people to the West Georgia area to Villa Rica so fast? I twenty. I twenty. Yeah. Well, we're that's on, right. That's the yeah, river. I guess we're on, we're on a major corridor, and that, and that's the thing. Eventually, we'll surpass Carrollton as the largest city in, in Carroll County. Wow. And uh, I twenty is is a good thing and a, and a bad thing. Uh, but it's there, and uh, you can't stop growth. You know, I, people ask me this question occasionally, especially when I was running for office. Are you going to stop growth? We don't want Villarica to grow. But 99% of those people were not from Villarica. Mm. So, you know, my wife is a native Villarican. And uh, if you're a native Villarican, I get that, that you don't want to, you don't want your, your city to change from the way it was when you were a child. Sure. But that's not going to happen. That's just not reasonable so you got to prepare for the growth that's coming. you do and, and the growth is coming you either manage it or you get swallowed by it yeah and uh so i, th- I think of cities like peachtree city they were very proactive very early on and they learned you know lessons from other cities around them and they did a really good job of preparing and if you go to peachtree city now you see you see it's a it's a very nice community the roads are all laid out well mm-hmm. uh, there's no traffic jams traffic is a problem in villarica and I would have never said that in 1998 when I moved here. <laughs> right. Uh, when people talked about traffic, I was like, man, I came from Smyrna in Cobb County, and you sat at the traffic light three times and watched it cycle before you moved. <laughs> right. And that's traffic. But you know what? I'm seeing that now. And uh, ironically, the thing about traffic is that it's not Villaricans that are, that are p- causing the traffic problem. We're a part of it. Uh, but when we do tag readings, and uh, most of those folks live in, in parts to the west of, or north of us, in Paulding County, Harrelson County, and they're just traveling through Villarica. Mm. But it affects the people here in Villarica. So even though it's not something that we necessarily created ourselves, we're, we're going to have to address it right. because it affects our population. It affects our constituents. And uh, so, but, you know, it, it, you're right. I mean, every it's, it's all coming west and it's, and it's moving north. And I, I remember a story. Um, everything has to do with fishing in my life, Austin. You just have to know that. <laughs> no, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so when I was young, uh, my father and my uncle, my dad was a twin brother. He had a twin. So we would go to Lake Lanier, 
And uh, when I was young, we traveled up old Highway 19. Now it's Highway 9. There was no highway. There was no inter- no 400, mm-hmm. and uh, there was no 285. And uh, so when they built 285, and then later they built 400. I, I remember my dad and my uncle in the truck saying, "Boy, what a waste of money! This was just a waste of taxpayer money. Nobody will ever use this highway. And look at it now. Yeah. Look, look at that North Corridor. Oh yeah. And uh, even where I was raised up, I was raised within five miles of where the stadium is now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have never, ever dreamed that there would have been a stadium. And I remember when, when Cumberland Mall opened. And and uh, it's just, again, you, you either manage the growth or you just get swallowed up by it. Yeah. And uh, so I hope we're, I hope we manage it. I think, I think we will. I, I really believe that. Because I, I, just watching it, and I, I'm not a native Villarican, but I, I know from my perspective, and that's all I can even speak on because that's, all I know is I, I am from a bigger area. I mean, Douglasville, while I was there, was just on this huge blow up of of growth, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of a lot of people would say that were in the midst of all that was it was kind of slow to the the growth. Now it was also a lot of it. I mean, they they put that mall in, they did all these things. But I, I think I mean. We have a Starbucks now. I mean, we're an established place. I mean, we're on the map. We are. We are. We have a Starbucks. And, and you know, you said I, I'm not from Villarica originally, and, and, I, and I tell this story, and, and I guess I've got a unique perspective on what it feels like. Villarica is my hometown, and I tell people that proudly. Mm-hmm. If they want to hear my story, I'll tell them the whole story, just like I did you about growing up in Smyrna and being an aborted baby, supposedly. And, you know, coming from my background, family is – my family raised me. You know, I wasn't born into the Reese family. I was adopted into the Reese family. So I, I never really had a hang-up about, you know, being who my maternal family was as opposed to who my adopted family was. So I was a Reese, and I'm still a Reese to this day, and my children are Reese's. Uh, same thing with living in Villarica. I wasn't born here, but this is my hometown. Mm. And I want to be—I want to live here the rest of my adult days, if that's God's will— and uh, and I want to die here, you know, one day. So just like we were born into, to, you know, as Gentiles, we were born into the, to the to the family of Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, we're all born into something. Yeah. And uh, whether it was maternally, you know, my parents always said, you know, you were special because we chose you. And I thought, wow, what a what a neat way to tell a child that you're adopted. Yeah. And the same thing, you know, I, I chose Villarica, and you did too. Yeah. Listening to your story, you chose Villarica to live, and and uh, I'm glad you did. And uh, so this is my hometown. We are VR, and uh, and I'm proud of purple and gold. And and I, I cheered our young ladies on when they went to the basketball state finals. And I'll be sitting in those bleachers during football season, uh, just like Pastor Williams will. That's right. Yeah. Yes, he will. He'll be shouting along with That's y'all. Right. Well, Marys, I want to thank you for being on. Kind of a, a quicker episode today, but uh, I want to thank you for being. How can people connect with you? Well, Facebook, like I said, I'm, I'm the social media uh, mayor, so you can get on my Facebook page, and uh, you can all, my number's on there, and it's my, my personal number. And uh, people ask me, when are your hours? 24-7 is the best answer I can give you. <laughs> I don't think I have an off time. I don't punch a clock. So uh, you can reach me that way. You can also email me at jreese at villarica.org. And uh, I, I have a 100% response rate. I, I talk to everybody, and, and normally at, at times that people wouldn't even think I would call them back. But, uh, you know, reach out to me and, and be a part of government. Don't, don't, you know, it's not my job to tell you how to run your city. 
Yeah. You'll come to the council meetings. We meet it the, the second and fourth Thursday, I mean Tuesday of every month at 6 o'clock at the Hoyt Bishop Center above the, the uh, uh, police department. So come and be a part of it. Get up in public comments. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to the meetings and, and be a part of the committees. We have committees that in every facet of government. And uh, be a part of that. Just don't let someone else tell you how to run your government. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on. Hey, everybody. uh, Thank you for listening. You can follow us at YSM Podcast on Instagram. You can see behind the scenes. You get to see uh, our sort of a setup in here. Uh, And you get to know a little bit more about Mayor Reese. So follow us at YSM Podcast on Instagram. We also now have a Facebook page. So just look up Your Story Matters on Facebook and look for that little yellow story logo. You can find us there. Speaking of that amphitheater that you helped design and build, I'm speaking at that amphitheater again for uh, Easter sunrise service. So make sure you're there. I think it's at 6, 7 a.m. I don't know. But come and bring me coffee. All of it. If you all bring me coffee. (laughs) From Starbucks, right? Starbucks. We're on the map. So uh, bring bring me coffee. I'm going to be speaking there. So uh, don't miss that. Your story really does matter. That's Mayor Reese. I'm Austin Williams. Whether you agree or disagree, it's all for him. Thank you guys so much for listening. Mayor, thank you for being on. Thank you.